Uh, so we're going to turn to the word now. We uh, launched a series two weeks ago that we've called Thinking Out Loud. Mm -hmm. um, really, we want to get to the bottom of our thought patterns and our thought processes because we actually believe that our thinking is the key to altering the direction and trajectory yeah. of our life. We know as believers that as speaking is so informative to what, what we say actually carries creative power, but actually the thing that precedes what we say are the thoughts that we think. And mm. obviously right now in the world, there's so much happening that constantly our thought patterns and thought pro uh, processes are being challenged and you know just essentially under fire. Yeah. Um, and so what I did in week one is I said, listen, if we want to win in life, then we have to really harness our thoughts. And the way that we do that is by processing our thoughts, mm. by tethering them to the reality of Christ and by allowing the Holy Spirit to renew them on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, we can't always just think the same. Actually, we need to go through multiple kind of evolutions of thinking yeah. in order to become the, the person that God wants us to become. And last week, uh, Pastor Adam of a Ferndown campus spoke yes. a brilliant message, so as for good. me, Love about that. how we make a personal decision in how we respond to the challenges mm. that we're up against, as for me and my house, and as for me. So if you didn't see that or hear that, go into last week's kind of broadcast, not now, at the end of this broadcast, <laughs> and go and check it out. Now this week, uh, really, you know, as part of us understanding, um, you know, how to process our thoughts, we want to be really transparent with you and talk about some of the stuff that we're thinking about. Um, and at the moment, as leaders of Sunny Hill, we've kind of got loads of things that we've been thinking about, haven't we, Louie? Yeah, absolutely. Like things that we've got to really go, oh, we really need the wisdom of God. We need yeah. discernment. We need discretion. We need God's insight to know what the right decision to make here is. Mm. Um, because I think sometimes what we do is we make the the decision or the problem so big that we get a bit mm. overwhelmed and a bit lost in it. Um, and I was reading Proverbs 16 this week, and I'm just going to open it now, if I can find it, hopefully. Uh, Proverbs 16, and there's quite a few sound bites in Proverbs 16 uh, that is a, a kind of challenging. Um, but Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, wrote uh, Proverbs. And um, in 16 verse 3, he says this soundbite, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Mm. That actually sometimes we get so flustered with making the right decision, yeah. that actually Solomon is proposing here, hey, make the right decision in the sense of like committing it to God. That's yeah. the decision we make, and he'll make your plans succeed. He also says in verse 4, the Lord works out everything... Uh, for his own ends. In other words, ultimately we worship this sovereign God who mm. is over every circumstance, every challenge, every hardship and every battle. And again, it's just on us to trust that God has got it in his hands. He goes on to say in verse 9, Proverbs 16, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Mm. In other words, I might think that I'm kind of making the right decision and doing this or maybe sometimes the wrong decision, but ultimately God is directing my steps. Mm. And there was one soundbite that just kind of knocked me for six because I never read it in this translation before. And it's Proverbs 16 verse 33. Check this out. It almost sounds like the most unbiblical verse you're ever going to hear. But Solomon says this. He says, we roll the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Wow. We roll the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Mm. And like initially, I was really uncomfortable with yeah. that kind of principle because it, it almost sounds fatalistic. It sounds like risk. It mm. sounds like just roll the dice and the Lord will do a bit of a gamble. Mm. And like, you know, 
a good Christian upbringing would kind of suggest that gambling isn't great. You know, that, <laughs> you know, putting things on the line isn't a great way to live your life. But actually, in the context of our walk with God, actually, I think there's something really profound because mm. ultimately, risk lives in the realm of faith, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. You, you cannot, you cannot uh, live a life of faith without operating in the environment of risk. Amen. You know, if there's no risk, there's no need for faith. And so in this moment, as I was reading this Proverbs 16.33, thinking about some of the decisions we've got to make yeah. for our family and for the church, actually there was just this liberating sense of, well, let's just roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's roll the dice. Yeah. Let's have a go. Let's let's risk it for a biscuit. I love that saying. Not a, <laughs> risk not a, it for a biscuit. Not a biscuit off Lynn though, because she doesn't give me biscuits. No, she she get, only gives you and the kids you ain't getting those biscuits. Uh, biscuits. And I was really starting to think about this because I was thinking, well, what does it look like to kind of process that thought, to tether it to Christ and to renew yeah, it? Yeah, that's good. Um, and I was thinking about Paul's words to Timothy, and it's going to come on, on the screen. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Mm. Okay, timidity being a word for cowardice. Yeah. Living on the back foot. Mm. Um you know, not really attacking life, but rather just letting life happen to you. God says, that's not the spirit you receive. Yeah, it's good. That, that's not the Holy Spirit. This sense of, you know, we might call it wisdom, but let's be honest. How often is wisdom just caution, yeah. right? You know, so cautious, so, true. Yeah, true. so yeah. concerned, so scared, so fearful that we cloak it in wisdom yeah, because then it though. sounds godly. Uh, but Paul says God didn't give us that spirit. Mm. He didn't give us a spirit that makes us a coward. He didn't give us a spirit that makes us scared. He didn't give us a spirit that, a spirit that doesn't uh, mean that we are intentional and in attacking life. But he gave us a spirit of power, mm. love and self discipline he gave us a spirit of power love and self-discipline and i love that word power because it's the same word uh, for power that jesus uses in acts 1 8 where jesus says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you again in other words jesus is saying listen get ready for an overhaul get ready for a shifting of paradigm get ready for a new way of thinking because when the holy spirit comes you're going to receive power and what does power do? Well, in this instance, in Acts 1.8, he says, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm. Jesus kind of given them this, this sense that, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, th there's going to be no stopping you. Yeah. You know, because actually we spend most of our life, even as believers, if we're honest, being risk averse. But what I want to propose to you today, and this is the title of the message, is maybe God is calling us to be safe averse. Maybe it's time for us to become safe averse. Yeah, it's good. Maybe it's time for us to break with predictability and comfort. Maybe it's time for us to break with passivity. And maybe it's time for us to start rolling the dice as the church of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time for us to start just walking and committing it to the Lord and allowing him to kind of let the dice fall. Mm. Uh, and I think it's a really profound thought that I've kind of been going on a journey this week because I think sometimes I'm paralyzed by making the wrong decision yeah. that I make no decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you it. relate to that? That like, you know, you've got to make a decision, but you're so scared of making the wrong decision that you don't make a decision. Mm. But actually there's that old adage that a moving vehicle is easier to steer, right? Oh yeah, it's good. Like yeah. actually we've been taking down our garage. We've got this asbestos minging garage in our back garden. We've had that taken down and we've been emptying of it of the junk and uh, filling a trailer. And what we did is we filled the trailer first before moving it. And we actually wanted to move the trailer. But at that point it was already full. And by the time we'd filled it, we couldn't move it anymore. It was, it was just stuck. <laughs> 
And trying to steer a thing that is static and immobile is pretty much impossible. Yeah. I had to wait for the guys who were coming down to rip down my garage to help me get momentum. Because as soon as there was momentum in the vehicle, we were able to move yeah, it in the direction true. that it needed to go. And I want to say that to you today, that actually God wants to posture you and move you. But actually, sometimes you just need to take a step. You yeah. need to start right. moving. You need to start activating mm. your faith, which requires yeah. you to take risk. Yeah, so good. as believers, as the church of Jesus Christ, mm. we're going to build a cool that is safe averse and I want to give you three kind of mental shifts that need to happen in order for you to realize this are we all good on our channels um, I'm just reloading it it's not I think the channels are fine it's just all right. my laptop. if we do go down at any point feel free to let Adam know because we definitely don't want to make sure that we are carrying on talking and actually anyways so anyways three mental shifts that we need to become uh, that we need to take to become safe averse the first one is this. Write this down, get your pen and your notepad. The first thing is this. You need to understand the purpose of your new life. Mm -hmm. Okay? You've got to understand the purpose of your new life. By that, this is what I mean. Jesus did not save you so that you could be safe. That's, that's a big yeah, that's mental shift, okay? Mm. Jesus did not save you so that you could be safe. Yes, on, on one hand, he wants you to be eternally safe, but his objective and goal for your life is not to be safe. Yeah. You were saved to bigger life, to bigger meaning, to bigger purpose, yeah. to bigger risk, not to be safe. So you are saved, but you are not safe. It's true. Oh, yeah, it's it's really important yeah, it's that we really understand good. that because like, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because I think as a society, we make safety the goal. Like, can we make life more safe all the time? Like, so you look at kids' play parks, and they're so different to the parks that I grew up with, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and you must have grown up with even no, more I, crazy I, parks, because you're way older than me. That's so true. I'm six months younger. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, like, when I grew up, they had massive climbing frames, and I can only assume what it was like when Adam mm. uh, was growing up. Oh, but when I was growing up... Did they exist? Did at, climbing at spikes. 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 spikes out the ground. Spikes out the ground. Yeah, like, when it, like you could run around with scissors holding them open back what? in that day. Like before, That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, that bad boy. You know, when I was growing up, huge climbing frames and just standard tarmac. Mm, yeah. Now I take kids to the park, and it's like much smaller climbing frames and tarmac that bounces yeah, how do you make bouncy tarmac like I know, man. some of that tarmac is better than the mattress we sleep yeah, on right. Right. like it can just bounce back up because actually safety is the goal how yeah. can we make society less risky and more safe mm. like we think about it when we come to risk assessments we risk assess everything did we risk yeah. assess the tools on the desk because that came up in the group. i'm not sure we did but i'm throwing you under the bus <laughs> if anything comes of that because it was your idea okay <laughs> Um, Sorry, but, no. but we risk assess and we, we kind of do all that stuff and, and I'm not saying that stuff's not important but ultimately as society we're worried about liability what if something goes wrong and I injure myself and I get a long, lifelong thing and so we get paralysed with this mm. fear yeah. of is it safe and of yeah. course when it comes to our physical health and physical safety I'm not condoning that we get reckless with that but I think what that kind of does in us even as believers is we think safety mm. is the objective yeah and it's if good. you're honest, we find it in our prayer lives, yes. don't we? Like we find it in our prayer lives where we pray stuff like this. And I've heard it prayed at Sunny Hill. I think I've prayed it at Sunny Hill. Keep us safe until we gather again yeah. next week. Yeah, we always pray that at What the kind end. of prayer is that? It's true, it's true. Like Bring keep us safe. safe 
Yeah. Until we gather again yeah. next week. We do it every time. Everybody does it, I think. Keep us safe. Like, true. like I, I used to pray over my boys, just keep them safe tonight as they sleep. And of course, the heart's right. Yeah. Like, I'm not criticising people who pray those prayers. But what I'm doing is I'm building into my boys' mentality. Yeah. Oh, God, God exists to keep me safe. Yeah, it's good, Dom. And what we need to do is understand, no, 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 when we give our lives to Christ, there's a new purpose for this mm. life he's given us. The old is gone. So the old way of thinking is now yeah. futile. We now think and we operate in a new way. Mm. So actually, I, I've started to stop praying that for my boys. Caleb acknowledged it the other day and he was like, Dad, why don't you pray for us to be safe anymore? I was like, well, of course, I want you to be safe, but actually, you know, that's not the objective of your no, life. good, yeah. You know, I was thinking about the five missionaries. I was looking it up yesterday five missionaries in Ecuador who went to witness to the Wadani tribe. I don't know how you pronounce that, right? And this was an unreached um, people group um, in Ecuador and they didn't know what they were arriving to. They spent years trying to find them in the jungle and they found them and these five missionaries were killed upon contact with this tribe, oh. speared as they were coming out of the plane, okay? Born again believers doing yeah. the purposes of God, like getting killed just in cold blood that day. Wow. Like, it, it doesn't seem like a great testimony because it kind of feels, oh, that's a waste of life. And I remember hearing a, an interview with one of the wives, I think, I think his name was Nate Sant, Saint or something. And one of the wives of the missionaries that died says, well, how did it feel? Like, you know, how does it feel for you as a widow, the fact that he got off the plane and was killed? And she says, what people don't understand is that he'd already died before he got on the plane. In other words, he died to himself. He died to his safety. He died to his need to have predictability and comfort in his world. So that it meant that he could step on the plane and go into a place of risk. It's incredible because actually if you look at that story, the wives of those men later go to that place and they see a revival break out in that tribe. Just incredible. Now, if God was totally preoccupied with keeping us safe, that would never have happened. Yes. Because actually sometimes the biggest thing in our world isn't the biggest thing in God's world. Like, and that's a hard thing for us to understand, but yeah. especially when it comes to becoming safer verse, we have to understand that Jesus' plan for us is not to keep us safe, mm-hmm. but it's actually to further his kingdom, to take the gospel further. And, and so that's part of what it means to be a Christian. It means to die to ourselves, to deny the flesh, to pick up the cross. The cross yeah. isn't kind of a leisure toy. It's, a, it's, a, it's an implement of sacrifice and, and crucifixion. It's, it's an execution device. Mm. and Jesus invites us to pick up that every day it's not just a fashion necklace it's a call to discipleship mm. to extreme followership to this place where whatever it takes God I'm going to roll yeah. the dice and I think actually you know in our walk with God we just need that it's it's subtle but it's significant mm. we just need that mental shift to say Jesus you know I, you know when I gave my life to you it wasn't so that I could just live a nice peaceful 70 mm. 80 years of singing songs and attending church it was to extend the kingdom and to reach the one who doesn't know you yeah. yet. Come on. So key. If we can just adjust that mentality in our mind, I believe we become more safe of us because now we mm. understand, God, whatever you're opening up, we're going to roll the dice. Whatever mm. you put in our path, we're going to try. We're just going to try and step yeah, up and just good. see really what good. you will do. I love this mm. quote from Theo Roosevelt. He says this, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better in other words it's not the critic you should have this quote coming up on your screen it's not the critic who counts it says this the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena 
whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms and great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat wow. mm. you know there's kind of three people that theo roosevelt acknowledges here there's the one who's in the arena the one who's taking the risk and then there's the critic on the on the side slamming the one just attempting to do something significant with their life yeah. and then there's the one who attempts nothing mm. theo roosevelt says listen it's about being in the arena it's about attacking it's life yeah, it's and uh, so it's so important that in order to become safe averse that we understand the purpose of our new life mm. the next one is this and it's related to that and this is really important for us, particularly in this day and age of consumerism. It's this, get an eternal perspective. So many of us live with a temporary mindset and it kind of feels like we are, how do we say it? We're living in a small world because actually the, the Ecclesiastes tells us that God has set eternity in the hearts of his people. Mm. That there is this yearning inside of us for something greater than just this temporal life that we live. However, we buy into the lie so frequently that it's all about the years that we live yeah. on earth. And this is hugely problematic in the purposes of God. Because if we want to be safe averse, in other words, if we want to take risks, we need to understand that we're living for something greater than just mm. the 80 years yeah, at absolutely. best on this earth. I've got this ball of string here. I'm going to go to camera two. And um, on here, kind of, a, hopefully this is a kind of cool picture of all of time, if you like, or eternity, okay? So eternity is playing out. Here's the string, okay? Here's the string of eternity. It says in the scriptures that he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was there at the start. He's there at the end. He's an eternal God. He's the uncreated one. And so we have this season of time within this eternity, a season of time where we can reach people and invite them into a walk with Jesus. But it's eternity. It just goes on and 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 on. This is great, isn't it? It's gripping, time lapse. gripping TV and on and on. Right. And on. And on, and on. this meant I didn't have to prepare as long a message. And on. Have you got the right end? <laughs> <laughs> have you got and the right on, end? And on, it's coming, and it's on, and on. Oh, can you see this black bit? I don't know if you can see this black bit. Can you see the black I bit there? I can see it, yeah. Do you want me to, is it more obvious? There we go, the black bit on the string. And here's Dom's life. There it is. Dom's life. A flower quickly fading. Here today, gone tomorrow. Mm. This is it. And on, yeah. and on, and on. But let's be honest, how many of us get so preoccupied with our moment? Mm. It becomes all about us, about the pursuit of the dream house, to get the two yeah. cars that we think we deserve, to get the promotion that we so desperately want, to mm. put money aside for when we retire, and a pension that we need for this section mm. of our life, that when God says, I dare you, I dare you to lay it all down and come after me, I dare you, we're kind of thinking, mm, I don't know, because I've still got 30 years left of living, and you know, I've got to look after myself, but here we are, this is my passing life in this moment of this thing called yeah. eternity and affinity, that God is playing out his sovereign good, purposes, yeah. and on, 
and on yeah. and actually so much of Jesus teaching is about the kingdom of heaven this idea that you've got to cast your mind on things above you've got to cast your vision on something bigger than yeah. the temporal life you are yeah. living because of course your life matters and you need to make your life count but in the same way these five guys these missionaries who went to Ecuador they were special guys they were great guys but five guys who laid down their life why because they were serving an eternal cause mm. the fact that this tribe in how do you pronounce it Wadani <laughs> This Wadani tribe, who no one had ever seen before, needed to hear the good news of Jesus. So mm. they sold their life in the context of eternity so that great fruitfulness could come from it. Come on, church. It's good, then. We need to be safe. It's good. A verse, you know. I, I saw this Bible verse earlier on. It says, it's in Psalms 90. Yeah. And it says, help us to remember that our days are numbered yeah. and help us to interpret our lives correctly. Yeah, right. So good. That's the idea, isn't it? When you so realise that your days are like this, you can Just interpret that. it better. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really true, isn't it? In fact, Romans 12, doesn't, uh, let me just get this right. It says, um, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may correctly discern the will mm. of God. Yeah, that's it, yeah. But actually, when we undergo the process of mind renewing, yeah. we think yeah. differently about the will of God. We yeah. think differently about the purposes mm. of God. All of a sudden, God doesn't exist to keep me safe and to get me my dream house. Yes. <laughs> God exists, well, for his glory predominantly, but the reason that we're still living in this season called time is because he desires that no one would perish yeah. but that all would come to know him mm. and so our now purpose as the church is not to just close the doors sing songs and have a nice jolly it's to actually sow our lives as seeds mm. into the kingdom so that he may achieve all the purposes that he wants to achieve you know we've been teaching our kids monopoly haven't we just this last week we have we have and, it, and it's been so good watching them grapple with <laughs> like this thing called monopoly and i think it's kind of an interesting picture in in the context of what i'm talking about because we, we kind of have a 24-hour day period yeah. and maybe we play Monopoly for 45 minutes. The games are quite quick, aren't they? Yeah, because yeah. we Just absolutely stitch up our kids massively <laughs> and we trade old Kent Road for sure Mayfair. You Mayfair? Yeah, you know, Mayfair's only worth £250 <laughs> on a good day. Um, you know, but maybe the game lasts 45 minutes, but those 45 minutes become all-consuming in the context of the day yeah. because all of a sudden our passions become the little plastic greenhouses and the little plastic red hotels and this little stupid thing that we call Monopoly money, which is just paper. Yeah. And I'm watching this board game play out where we're getting stressed, where the negotiations are getting heavy, where you can sense that we're on the brink of a domestic as we're both trying to battle to for cry. Mayfair and Park Lane off Caleb. And we're kind of turning on one another because what happens in these 45 minutes is now the objective of my day. Yeah. Like whatever happened before this moment is irrelevant because yeah. I want to monopolize this game. But it's such a great picture of the fickleness and the, the flippancy of life. You know, in this moment, when you think about it, I can't believe we're having fights over these little plastic <laughs> houses. And over this paper money, but let's take that out just for a minute and think about how we play out our lives in the context yeah. of eternity. Yeah. That we get preoccupied with this thing called money that is just made of paper, yet we go, oh, it's far more valuable than anything else. Or bricks and mortar, mm -hmm. the houses that we buy, the houses that we build. And actually, this monopoly thing, at the end of the day, at the end of the game, do you know what happens? It all goes back in the box. Mm -hmm. Every item goes back in the box. Mm -hmm. And it's like that with life. You take nothing with you into wow. eternity. Yeah. It's yeah. true. This is it. It all goes back in the box. Someone else will buy your house. Someone else will buy your cars. You know, it's, it's a really yeah. interesting kind of thing to consider that in the end of the day, when we take our eyes off the things that matters, the eternal purposes mm. of God, and we fixate them on a 
temporary thing that we call life it becomes the all-consuming thing and what it does is it means that we become risk averse rather yeah. than safe averse wow. i want to make right. sure that my life is safe averse that i'm oh. not looking to try and be more safe i'm trying to take more risk yeah. for the kingdom it's really good and the final point is this the mental shift that we need to make is that we've got to understand this is that we go until god says no we go until god says no mm. I think sometimes how we interpret the will of God is that actually we have to wait for a yes. Mm. That like, God, is this what you want me to do? God, will you show me that this is a yes? But actually what I see through the narrative of scripture is the opposite. Like when I see Paul in the New Testament, it doesn't look like he's trying to discern you know where he should go next he sees a boat leaving mm. and he jumps on the boat even though in acts we see that agabus a prophet comes and says don't jump on that boat because this will happen in jerusalem paul's like i'm going anyways like for us i think paul's life's really interesting because some of the stuff that paul goes through the prophetic words would be enough for us to kind yeah. of resist True. the kind of the process or even the shipwrecks, the countless shipwrecks mm -hmm. that Paul experiences, yeah. we'd go, God clearly doesn't want us yeah. to go there. Yeah. But Paul just continues in the journey. And actually he continues, and the disciples and the apostles continue spreading the word through Europe. And what happens when they try to cross into Asia? It's not the right time. So the Holy Spirit says, no, mm. not here, not now. Eventually it gets evangelized, but it's not where God wanted. And that's the anomaly. Yeah, it's true. It's not that God's saying yes to everything else. He's saying no to this. I think if we go back to the beginning of creation, here's an interesting thought for you. When God created all the trees, he says, hey, listen, you can eat from all the trees in the garden, but there's one that you mustn't touch. Yeah. And I think what we've done over millennia as the church is we've said, there's millions of options, but only one is good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's only one yes. Yeah. There's only one yes. And like we live this kind of risk averse kind of life. Lord, just give us a yes because I'm living on a knife edge here. Give yeah. me a yes. And I think it's releasing and liberating to know that the God we worship, it's called the will of God, not the won't of God. Wow. Okay, God yeah, wills. Good. You know, that's this good. person who comes to Jesus, Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus says, listen, I am willing. Mm. Jesus didn't have to go and fast and pray about it. Of course he had, you know, he was constantly praying and fasting, but he said, I'm willing. Like yeah. Jesus is a willing God. Maybe you're praying, Jesus, is it your will that I go to study? Is it your will that I do the internship at Sunny Hill? Is it your will that I go to Bible college? Is it your will that I become a missionary? Is it your will that I take on this job? Is it your will that I do X, Y, and Z? I think God's saying, hey, listen, I'm willing. And what we do is we listen for the no, but ultimately we live our lives on the front foot. And just as Solomon mm. says, we throw the dice. Right. Mm. We just throw the dice. Come on, we become safe averse. We throw the dice and allow the yeah, Lord to good. determine how they fall. Yeah, come on. The problem is, unless you throw the dice, the dice won't land. Yeah. So I just want to challenge you today, church, that like in the midst of everything you're considering about your lives, about your futures, about your work, about your family about church these three things i just kind of appeal to you to kind of really think about this week understand the purpose of your new life in other words you're saved but you're not saved to be safe mm -hmm. okay get an eternal perspective on your life understand that your life plays out in the context of eternity mm -hmm. and the third thing is that we're a people who go until god says no so I really challenge you guys to become a safe averse. Let's be averse. I'm not telling you to stop doing your risk assessments and to throw your kids out your bedroom window and all stuff like that. Like all I'm trying to suggest is that spiritually, let's not allow the objective of the life in the world to kind of dilute the raw 
Christianity that Jesus saved us to to kind of just attack life. Yeah. Amen? Do you have anything you want yeah. to say, Luby? No, I thought that thing is a great word. I, I've had a couple of comments that I, I'm struggling to reload now, but there was there's a lot of amening and yesing in the group. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got a text as well, actually. It was one of the things that came to my mind during your first point, which was about uh, about Aslan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the, the story yeah. of Aslan. It says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? Yeah. I should feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Yeah, right. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about yeah. safe? Yeah. Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. the king. And I think... We follow a God so who isn't safe, don't so we? Good, and, yeah. and we are the image. Yeah. We are made in the image of a God who yeah, isn't safe. Right. And yet somehow we've right. penned ourselves into the world once again, yeah, the yeah, world's yeah. mold of us. And yet um, the pursuit is always to become more like Jesus. And Jesus was Absolutely. anything but safe, but he was so always good. good. And, I, and I think a great question you can ask is this, is not, is it safe, but is it God? Yeah. Like, in other words, like, that he always brings provision for the vision. Mm. You know, this idea is, it, it, does it seem like this is impossible? Then God's probably in it. Yeah, right. Does it seem like we can't do this in our own strength? Then mm. God's probably in it. Does it seem absurd and totally illogical, irrational and unreasonable by the world mm. standards? Then it's probably God because yeah. God isn't a safe God, That's but it. he's a good God. He's a good God. And he's a, a God of the thought. perhaps. God of the perhaps. That's another great. message for another <laughs> time. Any other thoughts, Luby? Uh, no, you did it. You smashed it. Loved it. Thank you, Dom. Thank you for that. I want to go yeah. out. I don't know about anyone else. Woo! I feel like I need to get out now. Come on. I need to do something. I, I, to, I know. I think. To I mean, risky. To speak as lead pastor just for a moment as Sunny Hill, I think like in the future there's going to be risks. Mm. There has to be risks. Otherwise, essentially, what we're doing is we're leading a rotary club. You know, that's it, that's it. There's got to be risk. There's mm. got to be faith. There's got to be steps that seem absurd, that seem irrational and unreasonable. Because actually that is the language of the kingdom. Yeah, right. It's not, It's not. oh, Jesus, are you willing? Jesus is willing. Let's now mm, attack a yeah. life. Let's take territory and let's mm, extend come on. the kingdom of God for his glory. Amen. Amen. Amen come to on. that. That's good. So good. That's really good. We're going we're gonna to sing. We are going to sing. We are going to sing. And uh, yeah. we're going to close out our service. Yeah. But um, just to say, church, we miss you guys. We, we love you so much. Yeah. And um, of course, this has been an interesting season for us. We're starting to see an easing of restrictions. Yeah. Uh, but we, we don't know what that means for us as the church because... Obviously, the government hasn't given the green light yet. Um, but even when the government does, we, we are trying to work even now currently on what does it look like for us to gather in this season as we come out of this COVID-19. Um, but just please do be rest assured that we are kind of, I guess, ultimately believing that God has got profound things for our future. Yeah. Um, and just awakening to this idea that it's going to be loaded with risk. And so we enjoy we invite you to become risk takers with us. Yeah. This isn't our church. It's our church and Come it's on. his church that we're a part of yeah. and uh, so the best days are ahead Come on, they're ahead Paul. of us not behind us yeah. that's it it's good done that's really good great well let's sing our close and we're going to sing future again because I love I love, I love seeing Jake get his party game on he's hey. such a good person to worship with I love yeah. worshipping with Jake he just, it's great it's really exciting and what better a song as well when we think about our future in terms of what Come we've on. learned about today yeah. thinking actually our future can be something so different yeah. to what we've walked into church thinking it was today absolutely So and ultimately it is in his hands Come everything on. is still in his hands so we invite you I'm going to pray and then we'll stand to our feet let's get our dance and praise Woo, on come on i reckon we summon the kids is summon the right word it sounds a bit weird that summon the kids um, 
There's, and and to be fair, summoning the kids is is laden with risk. It is laden with risk because there's so many electric There's a lot of wires here. The whole thing is going. But we're safe. Dominant. It's all good. We are safe. It's all insured. I mean, we're we're risky, but we we still insure technology. Like we're not that risky. Absolutely right. Um, okay, well, anyways, let me pray and we hope you have a fantastic week. Remember, we've got one group and remember you can volunteer for Lounge One as we get ready to reopen our coffee shop. Uh, email loungeone at sunnyhill.church. Uh, we're looking forward to this next season. We're not worried about it. We're not backfooting it. We're going to attack this next Come season on. and believe that the best days are before us and not behind us. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for every man, woman and child uh, watching this broadcast today. Mm. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come upon them in a new power, yeah. even as I'm praying now, God. Because when your Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't bring a spirit of timidity mm. and fear and shyness and retreating. He, he brings a spirit of power, love and self-discipline. A spirit that attacks life. A spirit that goes after the lost. Mm. A spirit that starts in Jerusalem but goes ultimately to the ends of the earth. That's the spirit that is in us. And so Father, I pray for this season, Lord God, that we would become safer versus yeah. people, Lord God. That we wouldn't always look to try and ensure our safety, but that we would try to ensure that the gospel is preached and Come that on. the kingdom is extended yes. from town to town and nation to nation. Jesus, mm. we thank you for your goodness and we pray your richest blessings on us. And we don't pray today. Keep us safe mm. until we gather again next week, Lord God. But instead we pray, Lord, give us the, the, the strength and the inspiration to roll the dice and to take risks in the face of uncertainty and unpredictability. Yeah. Jesus, you're a good, good God, and we love you so much, and we know the future is in your hands. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Let's do this.